back to Skin the Surface. My name is Dr. Rena Alau, and I'm your host for today's episode. On this week's episode, I'm very excited to have a special guest, Dr. Kasim, to tell us about the refugee medicine and healthcare in the refugee camp, as well as the dermatologic care that they see. So let's just jump right in. Welcome, Dr. Kasim. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Rena, for having me. I'm uh, uh, contacting me to speak about this important topic. Of course. We're excited to have you. So let's just jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience working with um, in the healthcare system in, in Palestine and Jordan um, and specifically with refugee organizations? Thank you very much. I uh, uh, I uh, completed my uh, uh, medical studies around uh, 2002, and I did an elective uh, uh, in uh, refugee camp in Lebanon, in Burj Al Barajmi camp, and that was my first experience with uh, refugees. That was uh, nearly 20 years ago, and uh, from there I uh, developed. Uh, uh, an interest in uh, serving in uh, the refugee uh, community. And uh, I have worked uh, in uh, several camps uh, in uh, Lebanon, Jordan, mainly. And uh, this how I'm going to briefly explain to you uh, the uh, uh, general population uh, of the review, uh, the Palestinian refugee uh, populations in the area. Now, uh, uh, the UNRWA has at the moment about five and a half million registered refugees uh, with uh, uh, its services, and uh, the refugee population uh, mainly were uh, caused by the. Wars of uh, 1948 and 1967. So many uh, uh, of the Palestinian population were displaced uh, in uh, the West Bank, Gaza, and uh, Jordan, Syria, and Lebanon. So the majority of the Palestinian refugee population is actually in Jordan, around 2 million in population. Now, the circumstances of the Palestinian refugee population in uh, different countries and different areas are different. And uh, uh, basically, for example, in Jordan, the uh, Palestinian uh, refugee population counts for 2 million, but many of them are uh, Jordanian citizens, so they could avail of uh, government services. Whereas in other countries or other areas, it's a little bit different. So uh, I, I, I don't want to talk to you uh, I mean, uh, uh, in more details about it, but uh, needs, uh, this population can vary. Some of them are uh, uh, quite in need of uh, support. Some of them are... A uh, little bit better off, so it it, it varies really. So uh, in uh, in the way that we are uh, serving here, uh, as as I said, the uh, number of physicians here is around uh, in Jordan who are uh, UNRWA employees are about a hundred uh, physicians. And uh, this is, I mean, uh, I mean, it's uh, 
if you count 2 million registered refugees to 100 physicians, it doesn't sound like a fair uh, quota. Right. So uh, in, in reality, uh, it's a, lo- a lot of pressure on uh, the health services, even uh, with consideration that many of the Palestinian refugees can benefit from government services. Uh, the physician to patient ratio is uh, very low, you know, for uh, for the Palestinian refugee com- uh, population. Uh, and we have a lack of specialties, especially also dermatology, where the, we, we struggle with uh, uh, general uh, uh, services and general specialties, for example, in uh, obstetrics, gynecology and uh, women's health. Uh, of uh, uh, cardiology, there are certain uh, specialties that uh, are under pressure, you know. Oh, I, I can imagine that's really challenging for the physicians and also for the patients because it almost you have to triage or figure out what is the most important thing and then try to, especially in the era of COVID now, you know, mm. and, and everyone is, you know, probably um, experience, you know, a lot of people are experiencing symptoms and you have to kind of figure out who can you take care of and who, who you can kind of, um, you know, what is not urgent or what is not immediate. Very true. Very, very true. And uh, the pressure uh, on the, you know, it's average day. I mean, is uh, for a physician is about uh, uh, for the medical officer on the front line is seeing about 60 patients a day. So it's a huge number of patients, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, giving them good care can be a big challenge, yes. Right. And I know you mentioned some services, you know, dermatology that, you know, um, you're, you're in need of. Uh, what services do the health clinics typically provide? The health clinics provide primary health care services, mm-hmm. general uh, practice in general, and uh, they look uh, after uh, women health, uh, I mean, uh, as in pregnancies and uh, family uh, contraceptives uh, services, uh, planning uh, uh, families. And uh, we have also a clinic for uh, common uh, uh, non-communicable diseases like uh, hypertension and diabetes. Right. Uh, we have a dental service, and we uh, we issue uh, prescription medications, and we do some lab tests as well. And uh, we have a dental clinic as well that looks after. Mm-hmm. And I know you talked a lot about you know UNRWA and the, and um, you know what can, can you tell us a little bit about the history of these um, refugee camps and, and these the healthcare system within refugee camps. Uh, well, as I said, it developed with the crisis. I mean, mm-hmm. and it was planned as uh, uh, urgent uh, health services, you know, mm-hmm. to get for, uh, uh, at the time, the impression was it was a temporary situation. Mm-hmm. So the camps grew with the time and became really uh, cities almost sometimes, you know. For example, you know, there is uh, the Baka camp, uh, which I worked in, is a population of around 150,000 people. And uh, uh, it uh, started with tents. Uh, the health services were operated inside uh, tents. And now it's a, a 
modern, relatively modern. You know, there is a lot of care is taken into the development of the healthcare. Now, the health centers are built buildings, and many of the refugees are living. I mean, as I said, they started with tents, then they became uh, uh, almost like shanty towns, where uh, you know that uh, were um, uh, uh, covered with uh, zinc. Uh, mm-hmm. No. And then it became built up, you know, I mean, it's uh, no, almost like ordinary housing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, as I said, there is, I mean, a lot of challenges with uh, the refugee community where they are generally marginalized uh, within the for work and for uh, general, uh, uh, I mean, education and for uh, health services. Mm-hmm. So. The, there is a big development, definitely. I mean, for example, we have a, a very advanced uh, way of uh, looking after uh, uh, maternal uh, patients and uh, looking after health, their health. Uh, but uh, the finances is a challenge. Sometimes the community, you know, and their ability to, to look after themselves are a challenge. You know, sometimes you could offer services to people, uh, but... Sometimes they are not able to come to it, you know, for mm-hmm. circumstances, for financial circumstances, where, for example, you know, some people are very, uh, uh, families can be very uh, strict in regard to where look after uh, their health uh, outside uh, without a company and uh, sometimes... Uh, uh, the family is struggling to uh, to uh, to look after the main essentials of their life, so mm-hmm. that can be a challenge. Yes. And then, what? Speaking of finances, do is there any insurance available to um, refugees, or are they just there's no insurance? They just pay out of pocket for the services. As a, the, the for example, there are. Uh, a lot of organization on the grounds that uh, offer services. Now, the quality can vary. For example, honor service to refugees. But sometimes, you know, there are certain aspects of care are, as I said, specialist care is not available. So, Mm -hmm. uh, for example, there is a dermatology uh, clinic in uh, another organization that uh, offers it with the uh, I mean, very, uh, very low fee, really, you know, I mean, is uh, that can can support them. That's the medical aid for uh, Palestine. They uh, they run a clinic and uh, uh, with government hospitals uh, where they can refer to the government uh, specialist uh, uh, clinic like dermatology and uh, uh, an arrangement with the government where uh, they uh, refer uh, these patients. So uh, that's basically how they can manage it. But uh, they to uh, uh, to offer uh, a specialist uh, uh, at the moment. You know, we, they are having. Uh, uh, they've been under a lot of strain financially over the last few years. Yes, mm-hmm. I can imagine. Um, yeah. And then speaking, just focusing more, um, I'm glad you mentioned dermatology, speaking um, about skin conditions, what 
types of skin conditions do you or uh, your colleagues typically see in your clinic um, in the refugee in the refugee population? Well, there can be a variety, and we have uh, uh, been uh, received some basic training, basic training in regard to recognizing common uh, dermatological and important dermatological conditions. So we uh, generally, I mean, it's the simple uh, conditions that can be a big problem to have. Simple eczema in children, simple uh, uh, allergic reactions uh, uh, in... And uh, we could offer some medications for them uh, free of charge in our pharmacies. Now, there is also, for example, the common fungal infections uh, that uh, can be associated uh, with the general conditions in the camp. Uh, one of the common things that uh, uh, sometimes go underdiagnosed uh, or misdiagnosed in our clinics, you know, is scabies, you know. We often see uh, patients who have... Uh, been suffering for years with uh, the itch and the discomfort of scabies and uh, uh, they uh, were not uh, treated uh, well for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we offer the, these medications and the instructions uh, of how to deal uh, with them. Now, uh, we could face also uh, certain uh, conditions that uh, commonly, I mean, associated with uh, diabetes and that uh, diabetes on the skin and uh, we had received some training uh, with the, uh, within uh, UNRWA and uh, government hospitals where uh, we could uh, manage certain um, skin conditions uh, related uh, to diabetes like in diabetic foot uh, situation uh, now that's that's great because um, that you get training in that. Just because I was just going to ask, you know, I'm sure you see a lot of patients who have wounds too. Yeah. Yes, we do. You know, I mean, it's a variety. Certain uh, work-related injuries, uh, war-related injuries in our in Jordan is uh, thankfully we don't have any uh, in the recent years any. Uh, conflicts, military conflicts uh, here, so uh, that's uh, not an issue. It's more uh, related uh, to work-related injury, community sometimes violence, you know, intercommunal violence in uh, the community sometimes, uh, self-harm sometimes. You know, these are the common things that we look after, but uh, as I said, we are very limited in uh, our ability to look after uh, serious wounds and uh, we usually refer it to uh, specialist services in uh, medical uh, facilities in uh, Jordan government. Mm -hmm. And in, in my clinic, you know, I see a lot of psoriasis and eczema. And, you know, we're so fortunate to have some, you know, injectable medications to treat psoriasis like, hum you know, mm. Humira, mm. Stellara. Um, I can only imagine, you know, you probably see psoriasis or eczema we do. or dry skin. And, we do. And you do you have adequate resources or do you find it difficult to, to get these patients under control? We have, uh, uh, see, we do see them and uh, they are present, 
but uh, our uh, ability to care for them within our facilities is uh, uh, pretty much nothing really you know i mean we usually refer to uh, the government hospitals or private sometimes private uh, clinics and uh, they are able to look after them uh, from there now certain medications especially for psoriasis is not available uh, freely f uh, within our pharmacy arrangements that, that uh, the uh, we could uh, support uh, patients who are in need of them but uh, they are not freely available in our pharmacies right um and then um you know sun exposure is i'm sure a huge factor especially you know sun protection is probably very difficult um you know yes. in the middle east yes. um and and I actually was reading a few articles that they were showing in the recent years, there's, there's a rise in, in skin cancer in people mm. living in the Middle East. Um, have you seen um, more and more, you know, spots on people's skin that was concerning for skin cancer? Um, and, yes, and how can you yeah. guys treat these? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, there is uh, incidences of uh, skin cancer that we have seen in our facilities. And uh, they can be quite advanced. And uh, basically, as I said, in uh, general, health promotion uh, services are uh, uh, very limited uh, in uh, their reach to the community. And the community might actually themselves feel uh, uh, more busy with uh, everyday needs then look after, you know, a spot that appeared, you know, I mean, that's the reality of the situation. And it's very unfortunate and sad that when you see uh, a condition that could have been treated uh, successfully, uh, if detected early and it became a serious life-threatening condition uh, later on, you know, mm -hmm. and... Uh, uh, which can, could have been prevented with simple measures uh, like sunscreening. And uh, uh, now there is, I mean, uh, care for that in occupational health for uh, certain uh, jobs that uh, expose uh, workers uh, in the sun. But uh, a lot of women here are, uh, you know, and men don't go for... Uh, for this kind of protection mm -hmm. uh, without, you know, I mean, it is definitely uh, they don't feel uh, the importance of uh, looking after it. And they need a lot of uh, health promotion uh, for uh, for uh, raising awareness about it. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe it might be because certain, you know, sunscreen companies aren't advertised on, you know, TV there or um, in, in magazines or the newspaper as much as it probably is in other locations. The true. I mean, it's a, it's a situation. Uh, the, the, the realization and understanding of the seriousness of the condition and how easily it could be prevented right. is not... Uh, uh, is not considered, uh, I mean, uh, uh, something that uh, people uh, look after, uh, which is unfortunate, really. You know, I mean, it's, uh, as I said, you know, it's something that can be uh, done and uh, it can be successfully uh, dealt with and uh, it's not uh, taken into serious consideration here.
Mm-hmm. Is is the do you think it's also the cost of sunscreen and and these sun protective clothing? Is that do you think that would also deter people from using it? Is it? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would say. You know, I mean, uh, uh, people would uh, be less uh, inclined to purchase it. You know, I've I have seen it. You know, with the other common conditions uh, that you know. Uh, I mean, as I said, you know, I mean, uh, certain people who suffer with scabies, they uh, might not be interested in buying scabies medication if it wasn't uh, for free through our pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, I mean, that people will uh, will uh, take it if it's free. If it's not, they will. Uh, uh, put it on a priority list really you know they might and it might not be on their top priority right I mean that makes sense I feel like they there's other things that they're thinking about and they may not necessarily think it's important at the time exactly exactly mm-hmm. uh, which is very unfortunate uh, when it becomes a problem it becomes a serious uh, situation that uh, could uh, have been uh, managed uh, with a lot more cost financially and personally, you know? Right. Because you're probably seeing more of these conditions in their advanced or later stages. And, yes. and then it's almost a cost to you, to the healthcare system, um, you know, not just UNRWA, I guess the hospital systems too, that are, are taking care of these patients. Yes. So what... Um, Skin-related resources um, or supplies? Do you feel like the clinics may benefit from? Is do you? We talked about sunscreen, um, wound care supplies, any surgical tools. Do you guys? Um, do you have access to any of those things through um, any other government agencies? Yes, as I said, well, there is uh, a system of referral to the uh, uh, hospitals, uh, the government hospitals. Uh, which is can be quite successful, uh, but uh, as uh, as I said, that a lot of uh, you know there is always the potential of uh, improving the services uh, to become more available and uh, easily and more easily accessible to the population. You know, which is quite big. You know, as I mentioned, you know, we are talking about. Uh, numbers that are almost like a small country, really, you know. Right. And then for the listeners, um, including myself, what ways can we help um, provide aid or any resources to UNRWA or any other refugee-driven um, um, healthcare system? No, I mean, there are uh, ways of uh, going for uh, donations uh, uh, through uh, UNRWA or uh, Medical Aid for Palestine. Mm-hmm. Uh, UNRWA specifically, as I said, is the for uh, services here uh, to the Palestinian refugee community. They have been under a lot of strain over uh, the, the last years and it's not getting any better really. But uh, they mentioned website that uh, people could uh, provide and uh, uh, asking you know people who represent you in uh, local or uh, government uh, 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 organization uh, in your local community to uh, uh, support for uh, this organization as it's not really a, a political uh, uh, 
organization it's really a humanitarian that looks after uh, uh, health and uh, education for marginalized and uh, underserved uh, population great um and then just because you know we're dealing with covid it's around the world how has you know covid affected as a as a doctor um working in these in um these camps um how has covid affected your day to day how has it affected um people in the community in the refugee camps it had hit us hard and uh, it's as i said it was a challenging environment which became even more challenging that we had to uh, improvise with our services to uh, support uh, the, our community and uh, we had to uh, for example uh, try for in the beginning of the uh, crisis to deliver uh, medicines to homes of refugees where uh, Uh, to improvise a lot of ways of uh, trying to uh, educate the population of uh, dealing with uh, this uh, new pandemic uh, education our own staff you know and uh, there was a lot of challenges in uh, in uh, getting the message across of the seriousness of the pandemic and uh, we have lost patients uh, to the pandemic we have lost uh, staff members uh, to the pandemic and uh, we are still uh, i mean uh, uh, we have learned certain lessons and uh, we are uh, trying to uh, carry on with our services yes mm-hmm. that's really un- unfortunate but i'm i'm glad that um y- you and your colleagues are still carrying on and in a positive direction um anything else for you know our listeners to know about um the healthcare system in the refugee camps, any other um, important information that you have for us? Well, I mean, it's uh, uh, a situation where uh, a situation where uh, everybody could learn from the outside and uh, other people, uh, as yourself. Thank you for thank you for having me. You know, uh, learning from uh, what uh, people on the ground can be a, an educational. Uh, uh, and uh, beneficial, you know, to other uh, people's situations that uh, can uh, inspire uh, certain ways and more appreciation for uh, the availability of services anywhere uh, near you, you know. So uh, it's uh, something that has to be uh, taken. And uh, uh, as I said, there is a lot of uh, progress in our uh, health services. And we are uh, hoping that we could uh, uh, do more. And uh, with this kind of communication, with this kind of uh, talk, I'm sure we could. Exactly. And I think um, getting the word out about UNRWA and other um, refugee organizations, um, not just in the Middle East, but around the world is is really important. I know for for certain, I learned a lot um, today about um, what you do and have, again, like you said, a greater appreciation for um, community services, such as um, the ones that you provide. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
Of course. Well, that's all we have for today's episode, podcasters. Um, I'm going to be posting some more information about UNRWA and other um, health um, organizations, community organizations that are available um, for you to provide aid to, um, their links and um, their website and more information, of course. As always, stay safe and healthy, podcasters. Mm -hmm.